Once, Shuang Zhou dreamed he was a butterfly, a butterfly flittering and fluttering about, happy with himself and doing as he pleased. He didn't know that he was Shuang Zhou. All he knew was the life of a butterfly. Suddenly, he woke up, and there he was, solid and unmistakably Shuang Zhou. But he didn't know if he was a man dreaming that he was a butterfly, or a butterfly dreaming that he was a man. This famous parable is part of a long philosophical tradition that questions whether reality is an illusion. As well as Shuang Zhou's butterfly dream, Plato has criticised the prisoners immersed in a superficial world of shadows in his timeless cave allegory, while Descartes suggested that, for all he knows, he may be under the control of an all-powerful being bent on deceiving him. However, the last few decades have been dominated by a new variant, simulation theory. The crux of the argument is that we could all be virtual beings living in a giant computer, one that was made either by a future version of humanity or by a more technologically advanced species, which may sound familiar if you've watched the 1999 sci-fi film, The Matrix. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. So we, we already create simulations, right? Um, movies are basically simulations. Um, um, TV shows are simulations. Obviously, video games are simulations. And now we even have kind of real world simulation. So we we already create this, this alternate universes and we live in these universes as video game characters or as just, you know, witnessing, watching a movie or a TV show. So the, the thought behind the simulation theory is that we already do that. And considering just how technology evolves and how rapidly it's evolving, it is not inconceivable that in a couple of decades even, we can create simulations that are feel, look, and just have all the characteristics of the real world. And if that happens, whoever is living in that simulation will be basically unable to distinguish between it and reality. Um, just because again, the, the computing, computing power and rendering uh, power will be so good that it will actually feel like the real world. So the question then is, if we do create something like that, it seems inevitable that we will actually create it. If we can, it seems inevitable that we will actually create it. And then if we do, it also seems inevitable that most people will live in that simulation. And, and just considering that, that all of that is a possibility, it seems very feasible that we have done that already and that we might be actually living in the simulation um, as we speak. This is Isabel Bemeke, a model and clean nuclear energy activist who believes we are living in a simulation. The argument she's making here was first popularized in Nick Bostrom's seminal 2003 paper, Are We Living in a Computer Simulation? Here he argued, like Isabel says, that if even one civilization develops the ability to simulate conscious beings, 
then they can create literally billions of civilizations that are simulated, because all you need is more computing power. If that's the case, then statistically speaking, the likelihood of living in a reality that is not simulated is, well, extremely slim. It may sound far-fetched, but it's got a lot of supporters, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk, as well as a multitude of kids interacting with the 1.5 billion TikToks made about it. All right, no, no, the argument makes sense. So the assumption then is that somebody beat us to it, and this is a game. No, no, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. Oh, okay. What do you think? Well, I think it's one in billions. Okay. But what does this say about the reality that we are living in? Is it just a high-resolution video game in which we are all non-playing characters? Or is it closer to the situation as popularly imagined in the 1999 dystopian sci-fi film, The Matrix, where AI machines have taken over and uploaded us into computers? Or does the widespread memification of this traditionally fringe debate, and to some extent the increased acceptance of pro-simulation arguments, say something more insidious about the society we live in? Well, most likely it's because people are living more within those simulations um, and because we have things like augmented reality and virtual reality that have developed a lot faster and you know the past couple of years we've been quarantining so a lot of people have been in their homes and they've been living in this alternate you know realities be it through video games again or just even social media in some cases um, and when you when you look at things like even TikTok, you can use all of these filters. You can effectively change the way you look. Um, you can change your voice. Um, you can change the background behind you. So we're almost kind of creating a simulation as well. So I think that people have been experiencing that more and more and realizing that, hey, maybe we are after all in a simulation. Through endless Zoom drinks, Animal Crossing meetups, and live stream approximations of gigs, exhibitions, and classes over the past year, we've all had a taste of what it's like to exist virtually. Moreover, a significant number seem to enjoy the flavor, with 67% of children saying their favorite way of communicating with friends is online. As Facebook, or shall we say Meta now, is currently plotting to suck us further down the internet rabbit hole by co-opting the concept of the metaverse, you do wonder how much of a choice virtual interaction in 2021 is, after all. It's the thing, like, I make a video game and like, I'm watching people and I've just got a screen that's telling me, like, what everyone's doing. Like, what is everyone doing? How do they respond to that? Like, when I sell my artworks, like, you best believe I have a screen in my studio and it has, like, which people are on what part of the pages. Like, check out, cart, thinking about buying a frame, thinking about doing this. They've left. Oh, someone's come back. Like, I've got all that data there. I'm just watching it. I'm just like, all right, well, it seems that people are stopping when they get to this point. Like, I should change that part. And I just don't believe for one second if little old Tom Webb in his studio is, you know, using all this AI and stuff, like, to go and do this, you know, I don't believe for one second that, like, guys 10 times smarter than me haven't already built it for every other tech thing or industry or everything else in the world. This is Thomas Webb a digital artist whose most recent solar exhibition, Daddy, What Was Real Life Like, explores these current societal shifts. In one of his artworks, Genesis 2021, he even rewrites the Genesis from the perspective of a programmer writing a simulation. 
It's a metaphor of being like, all right, we've got to a stage now where we can adequately build simulations and AIs that are so advanced that like it feels like you're playing God. And it does. Like that's why making video games are so fun because I can't imagine what it's like having like millions of play players play a video game, but like you're playing God. People are gonna run around your world and do your things, do what you want and interact in your, in your world. So you get to play virtual God at least. There was so much I felt about religion and technology and capitalism, like corporations. Like I just think they're all the same thing. Cause it's just like, we worship our iPhone. Like we worship like our brands, we worship McDonald's. Like it's so, you know, I felt like we do all the things that they tell us to do. Like if they bring out like a double Big Mac, it's like, I love double Big Macs. Didn't even know I like beef burgers or like, oh my God. Like I love, I love this feature on TikTok. Like didn't even know I liked that, but I like it because they made it. Life is a simulation. Like everything is a simulation. It's all just, everything is just, for, is nothing is just willy nilly. Like people aren't just doing stuff because they're like, oh, I want to make money. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to like, so much stuff is just keeping everyone doing what they're doing so the world doesn't just blow up and everyone just go absolute crazy. While the pandemic has normalized spending more time in virtual worlds where digital elites control the parameters, algorithms, and features, this mechanism of dictating society's rules and structures has been happening in the quote unquote real world for, well, forever. However, there's no doubt what the most prevailing real-world simulation of the last 200 years has been. Capitalism. As a Marxist, I try to look at the world through a dialectical materialist lens. So I look at history through the historical materialist lens and I try to analyze why people are the way they are in relation to their environment. and. I see a big correlation between why people are the way they are currently and the current world that we live in, which is a capitalist world. And the result of this capitalist economic system that we live in um, has a lot of pros and a lot of cons. And one of the cons being um, the overproduction that we experience when we work under this capitalist system. And Marx talks about this and it's called alienation, alienation theory. Um, and it's about how when we do the same thing over and over and over, we make things that never actually end up being ours or we produce things that we'll never, we'll never consume. We end up separating ourselves from the things that we're doing, which is called alienation. So when we work eight hours a day doing the exact same thing eight hours a day, we become alienated from our labor and that has psychological effects on us, which is extremely... You can see that in, in so many different areas of life and it usually leads people to being leads people to feel alienated from their entire life because we spend most of our time at work. That was Johnny Keller, a 20-year-old TikToker who makes content exploring the link between simulation theory and capitalism. And the simulation theory to me is really just a reaction to people seeing how how much you over produce and overconsume in this world and they don't see it as like real which is true it isn't real we shouldn't really be living our lives according to this like excess that we find in capitalism and people oftentimes would be like wow the world's fake rather than actually looking at the system critically and being like the reason why i feel like the world is fake is because 
the way we live is, in a way, it's a facade. It's not real. We shouldn't be living the way we are. It's fake. Um, we are separating ourselves from nature, and we are alienating ourselves from our labor. So when we overproduce every day, all day, the only thing left we can do at the end of the day is consume. And this cycle repeats for everybody because we're all a part of it. And no wonder why people end up questioning their existence and whether it's real or not, because when everything has a price tag on it and a label, we've pretty much commodified everything and everything has become a symbol for what it actually is rather than what it actually is. Over the last year, more and more people have been getting to grips with anti-capitalism literature. In fact, a report published in the Institute for Economic Affairs found that nearly 80% of millennials blame capitalism for the housing crisis, while 75% believe the climate emergency is specifically a capitalist problem. With so many people learning about the shadowy mechanics of the system, it's no wonder many are realizing past behaviors and not how they would independently choose to live their lives, but have been predestined for them. But now that so many people are increasingly aware of the issue, surely we'll be able to break out of the capitalist matrix. The argument is that anti-capitalism has, or capitalism is so successful at keeping us tied to it that it now uses anti-capitalist ideas as an apparatus to only further reproduce capitalism. But in reality, like people see these things it, it, and they see it online, they don't actually see it in the real world, they see it in this two-dimensional world. And when things are two dimensions, they aren't actually happening in the real world. So it is, it is kind of frustrating as a Marxist to see people allow capitalism to commodify their ideology because when your ideology is commodified, it becomes less powerful. Um, and when, when I, what, I, what I mean by commodify, I mean by the ability to be bought and sold. So when anti-capitalist ideas have the ability to be bought and sold, they become less of ideas and more as just products. The irony of the same app that is educating people on the issue is also deepening it isn't lost on me. But as Johnny says, by interacting with these ideas only online, they fall into the same trap that is sucking up adherence to simulation theory. Anti-capitalism, no matter how prescriptive of the problem at hand, to many just doesn't transmute to real life. Tweeting Eat the Rich hasn't stopped billionaires getting 54% richer during the pandemic. All of these things are distractions from you really working on you. And I think you can only work on you when you're quiet and you listen, you question, what is the system? Like, what is the simulation? And what is my role in it? And how am I gonna carve one out for myself? But you can't do that if you're constantly worrying about how you're gonna generate new content to receive dopamine and to get excited about something, right? Like, don't get me wrong, a lot of great content creators out there. Like some TikTok stuff is amazing, I love it. But we can all agree that there's a lot of trash Instagram content. Like a lot of it's just trash. Like it's the same thing over and over and over again. And TikTok is in some ways doing that because it's like someone does a cool dance and then everyone on the planet does the same dance. And you're like, I've seen this dance. What's different about this one? Oh, you're maybe like slightly more attractive or slightly better at dancing. Or maybe you're like funnier at dancing or maybe there's a funnier twist. But like once you get to a picture, it's like, wait a second, we're all just doing it. Like, so it's like, because you all want to be a part of it. You want to have that like, you know, oh, I want to get those likes and feel good and feel like I'm good enough and da 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 It's like, well, would you feel like that if in the real world someone came up to you and was like, you're a fucking amazing person? Would that make you feel better? Because like when people say online or like, you know, this stuff's great, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But like when someone says something to me and it's like, 
wow, like, that's what I think. Like, and you think the same thing, like, ah, sit down, chat for hours, this is amazing. And you have that energy transfer, like, that's what we were missing from the pandemic. That's why everyone's so weird right now. That's why there's all these articles about social anxiety. Because like people are just like, they forgot that like, oh wait, there's like this whole energy thing that happens when you're face to face with someone. And it's overwhelming when you haven't had it for a long time. It's massively overwhelming. You're like, whoa, energy, whoa, Jesus Lord. It's like, yeah, but that's what you want. Like you want that stuff. Whether or not we can prove that reality is a simulation, the pandemic has certainly normalized the idea of living in one. If coronavirus has given us anything, it's a blinding light shed on the facile system the Western world is currently operating under, forcing us to act and live in ways that aren't aligned to our humanity. The solution to these feelings of alienation, however, isn't to make a TikTok about it. Instead, like Webb says, we should all take the time to really question what it is we actually want, rather than what corporations and tech companies tell us. <laughs>